Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Uh, kia ora everybody, it's the Short Ball, the Rugby Pass podcast with Scotty and Mills, 7th of November, as we look ahead to uh, the big test this weekend from a New Zealand point of view, that is the All Blacks taking on the English for the first time in four years. Millsy, before we get on to that, um, you've grown a beard. No, I haven't really. You have. It's a beard. No, it's a, it's a making, oh, it has a making of becoming very patchy. And it's just through through being lazy really, the last week or so and then yesterday I was in the mirror and I thought hey I might give this a little wee crack and try and do a sumo Stevenson yeah I finally rubbed off on you after two years of doing this together it'll come off tomorrow no I think you should keep it nah I've got a function tomorrow it's got to come off and I haven't been on TV for the last couple of weeks yeah I noticed I noticed (laughs) (laughs) you should just keep going I know where does it get patchy all over I I originally thought I'd I'd go I'd do Mo Movember yeah but I've tried that in the past, and to be totally honest, uh, I am—I sort of either look like Billy T. James, or um, I'm somewhat look like a certain character of Once Were Warriors. You look like Uncle Bully. Mm. So I'll do you get that. the bully? I do. The guys, have, the guys have gone hard over in South Africa and have done it once, eh? And you that didn't. was the last of that. So no, it will yeah. come off tomorrow. Yeah. Sure. I don't know. We'll see what happens, mate. Keep it. I just—I think because. Obviously, I've got to go to London and then Dublin. Well, keep it till I get back. Oh, it's only th- it's two weeks. Oh. Two weeks. You can keep a beer for two weeks. Okay, I'll have a good thing about it just for you. I just want to see. I just want to see where it gets to. I think mm. you're not giving yourself enough credit. You look. You look very capable of really pushing that out. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Does it go curly like the hair on your head? Uh, I've never got it to that stage. You've got to try it. All right. Maybe I'll try that. I'll um I'll yeah, go and uh, discuss it with Joe tonight, and um, <laughs> he's going to tell you to show. See what the uh, not <laughs> exactly. There's no doubt about that. Let's get into the test match. Hi, producer Tina. You know why don't you plug your microphone? She, in? she never does. What are you sure? This isn't all. Hello. Oh, there you go. Hey, How are you yeah. going? Oh, I'm all good. Yeah. Yeah. Is your bladder under control today? I went wheeze before this mm-hmm. pod. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, we're starting to learn there. Yeah. You excited about the All Blacks this week? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Is it like a yeah? Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. For real though. Yeah. I'm really for real? You getting up for it? You just watch the highlights. Nah, uh, I'll probably be up the whole time. <laughs> well, are you are you gonna go out the night before? <laughs> oh yeah. That's a Saturday that's Saturday into Sunday. That it's that's an intriguing conversation because it always seems like a good idea. I'll just stay up and I'll I'll watch the game. 
It never works. It never happens. 1999 Rugby World Cup semi-final. Yep. All Blacks, France. Mm-hmm. I was running a bar at the time. That, that was my plan. Stay up. Just stay out, close the bar, you know, have a couple of drinks, go home, straight to the game. I fell asleep at halftime. I tell you what. Uh, when probably, I woke up, I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't happy at full time. Probably one of the better games to fall asleep, <laughs> mate, for another four years, to be totally honest. It was four more years. Four years is a long time for England and the All Blacks not to have played each other. Yeah, it's strange, isn't it? So there was a lot of hype when Eddie Jones took over coaching England because, of course, uh, Eddie Jones is like a cap looking for a headline. Um, so here he is, and he set up this proposition right from day dot about facing the All Blacks, facing the All Blacks, facing the All Blacks. It's always been about this. These players must be almost jumping out of their skin to get to Twickenham on Saturday night UK time and face this All Black side. What does that win last week against South Africa do for their confidence? Oh, that's huge. It's, I mean, and he set it up nicely because the fact that they bet South Africa, mm-hmm. and oh, that's another story anyway, but... Oh, we'll get there. It's... It, You've got to remember the dynamics of this team that he's sitting here. Apparently, they're only together three or so days. Mm-hmm. He's had a huge lot of injuries. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the most attractable game, but the fact is they won. Attractable is a good word. I'm going to take that word. You're going to take that, it? Yeah, that's going in my word bag. Attractable. Oh, oh yeah. Well, um, yeah, re- re- remind me it's from me. So, um, You know what attractable is? It should be the description of the meaning of attractable should be an attraction that you can take back. Oh, you should take it back. Yeah, attractable. Nice. Like retractable. Yeah, you retract what you say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Mm. yeah, good point, Sumo. It's an attractable game. That's so right. So it was an unattractable game. Okay. Yep. But they won. And uh, the whole week now is just built around this game that Eddie Jones has talked about over the last, whatever, since he took over. And it's it's funny. He took a stab at the All Blacks as well, which... It was watered down by Steve Hansen, the fact that, you know, they'll be sitting there sipping tea or something like that. I think is what I heard him say. They won't be sipping tea. The All Blacks don't sip tea. Well, they do. It's green tea. Green tea. Yeah. yeah. Well, you can sip that. Yeah. You don't want to drink that in gulps, especially when the jugs just boil. It's, <laughs> oh, no. It's totally hot. So this game here now is you just know, going to be huge. Well, do you know what I like about it? I actually like the fact that Hansen and Jones have largely taken a back seat over the last few days. Because they're not playing the game. Yeah, it's actually quite good, isn't it? And let's be honest, the war of words could have developed. But, of course, this week uh, there's been another conversation which has dominated the headlines, and that is the uh, – what's the best way to put this? The non-call on the Owen Farrell-Andre mm. Esterhazen tackle. Um, now, here's the thing for me, right? I, I don't mind a tough tackle. All right? So this is, this is not my point of view. But by all measure of World Rugby's own laws and their own directives around lowering tackle height and wrapping arms and whatever else you want to call it, that was a penalizable tackle. Yeah. So it's a penalty and it should have been given. And privately, as I've written in my column this week, I'm sure Angus Gardner would have reviewed that game and thought, yeah, that's a penalty. No one talks about it. No one in a position to talk about it seems interested in talking about it. Not the referee who can't talk about it. Not the referee boss who should talk about it. Not World Rugby who have sat back all week and watched debate rage around their citing process, around the laws of the game, around what a citing commissioner can do, about whether it was a penalisable tackle in the first place. All week. This game was on Saturday. It's now Wednesday New Zealand Mm -hmm. time. 
when is someone just going to come out and say, hey, look, here's an explanation yeah. of that process. It was right or it was wrong. Just give us an explanation and then let everyone move on. Because instead of having our headlines dominated by what should be the matchups in this test coming up at Twickenham and the philosophies around both coaches and the defensive setups and the attack plans and all the other things that make the game great, we have been absolutely sidetracked by debate in a vacuum. And don't tell me they can't do it because they did it with Craig Joubert in 2015 when they threw him under the bus <laughs> after the Scotland-Australia game. Uh, Paddy O'Brien did it after 2009 at the San Siro when he came out and pilloried Stu Dickinson's refereeing performance. Referee. Didn't, didn't they do it to Angus Gardner in one of the, the games that he red-carded they, someone? They did it to Glenn Newman, told the TMO decision not to award a try on the Welsh test was wrong. So we've we've picked and chosen our times when our officials can come out and say something was right or something was wrong. Why not this week? The, the, this has been the singular issue out of that test match. And, and it shouldn't have been because the no. singular issue should have been John Mitchell's defensive plan is bearing fruit already. Mm. And secondly, South Africa bottled it, and they did. And Russi Erasmus is not dumb enough to say that penalty was the making no. the difference in the test match because you just can't no. possibly say that. It was in the 81st minute of the game. You had 80 previous minutes to do something about England. So I, I don't know, Millsy. I don't know how you feel about it, but surely now the players are confused. The referee, uh, I think it's Scar says this weekend, he's going to be confused. The TMO is going to be confused. The siding commission is going to be confused. The fans are going to be confused. First tackle in the game yeah. around the chest. What happens? Exactly. What happens? I mean, I don't understand why. Why someone just doesn't come out and explain it. Okay, first things first. Okay, And this is the, the bit is, I think, okay, regardless, there's two, two points. There's the law. And, and they've obviously... Judicated on that. This is what needs to happen. You need to, you need to. You're hit. You can't lead with the shoulder apparently, but you know you, you're always taught to lead with the shoulder, mm -hmm. and then you go to wrap. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, and when there's impact like that, you can't wrap. Yeah. And so, okay, but the law says you can't lead with your shoulder, mm -hmm. and then you've got to try and attempt to wrap. None of that happened. Mm -hmm. Okay. From my point of view, I I think. It was a legitimate tackle, but that's again, that, that's you know that's that's what I actually believe. But the thing is, there's been tackles exactly like this uh, in the past. We guys have had yellow cards for possibly, or worse. Yeah, exactly. Danny Cipriani just what a couple of weeks ago. Exactly, and you know when you look at the law, the law says, states what I just mentioned before. So a yellow card, a penalty. Yeah, they so, didn't do that. No, and so this is when this is when the issue has to get out of uh, the jingoism. Because if you're an England fan, yeah. you play on, right? You're sitting there going, "Nah, play on." There's well, nothing wrong with that. Look at his reaction when he did it. He knew. He knew at the time. Jeep, I could. Jeep, as I could be in hot water. When Angus Gardner explained to him that he thought it was okay. I mean, he was ecstatic because there was a part of Owen Farrell he, that knew. Gee, I I could be penalised for this. Could be three points. And so I, I put. I mean, I put it to you, the English fans. If someone was wearing a black jersey, particularly the same number, we wouldn't hear the end of this. Yeah, but, but again, that's that's my point, right? Because I don't blame fans. I don't blame the Springbok fans for being outraged. I don't blame the English fans for saying, play on, fair enough, nothing to see here. And the reason for that is because they're invested in their team. Mm. I'm purely objective in this scenario. I'm invested in the sport. And it's the sport that I, that concerns me here. It's not about the fortunes of England or the fortunes of South Africa. It's the game, the game itself. Because... These are moments in our game 
that served to confuse its fan base mm. in a game that has already been accused of being too confusing for most casual <laughs> observers who just do not get the laws at all and can't figure out one decision from another. Mm. So you've been given a guilt-edged opportunity to come out and clarify a confusing point of law in the sport, mm. not for the sake of England, not for the sake of South Africa, for the sake of rugby. Yeah. And the opportunity has been squandered. Yeah. And I, that's the part that kills me. And I know that in the past, when you've asked for clarification from referees, privately they'll tell you. Mm. But they are silenced. Yeah. For 80 minutes a game, these guys talk nonstop. And then at full time, silence. Institutional silence. Mm. And that's the worst kind. And that's what frustrates me because I don't want to be talking about this on Wednesday. I want to be talking about Ben Young's box kicking the shit out of the All Blacks yeah. on Saturday. Yeah. Not so you, you think there should be an uh, an avenue where the ref gets put up like like a post match sort of uh, interviewing process to talk about the game and things like that, right? Look, that's one option. What? And I don't know what the solution is, but surely. Th those who are in charge of the of the appointments and the officials of these test matches mm. should be able to stand up and say, hey, look, there was a controversial moment in this game. We've reviewed the decision with the referee and we believe that that decision was wrong. Yeah. Do, does it concern these people that, that think that's a slippery slope to having to explain every decision in the game? Because I can only ascertain that that's the case. Yeah, that, that'll and, be, yeah. and no one's that stupid. <laughs> I don't need an explanation for every decision in a game. Yeah. But a decision like that, which is seemingly so at odds with the direction rugby wants to go in terms of tackling, mm. surely that's a chance to come out and say either we back the referee or we back the referee, but on this occasion the decision was wrong. Yeah. And in the future, our referees have been directed this is a, to make sure. Do. Because what does that do? Then the fans know, mm. without doubt. Mm. The players know, yeah. which oh. I would have thought is pretty important. The coaches know. And the referees know. Yeah. So now any one of those things could be happening in the dark right now. The referees might have been given an instruction for the future, but we don't know about it as fans or viewers or observers of the game. Mm. Do the players know? Do no. the teams know? Has clarification been sought by Eddie Jones, by Russi Erasmus, by Steve Hansen, by Warren Gatlin? Who's – you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And – and I don't think it's too much to ask for the body charged with the protection of the integrity of the sport to actually come out once in a while on big occasions like this when the world's attention is fixed on that point and say, hey, guys, interesting debate, mm. but here's the bottom line. And here's clarity. You don't have to agree with us, Yeah. by the way. Yeah. You might think it's silly. You might think that we're wrong, but that is our view. Mm. That is our point, and we're world rugby, and we can make that point. Yeah. And then it stops... Well, other things from happening. Let's just say, for example, now, I mean, they, they call it the swinging arm. Again, I allude to the fact that you can't lead with your shoulder. But guys have been caught by grabbing and sort of swinging their arms. So which part are you then supposed to tackle with? But what it does is it actually gives play, players, fans, and everyone else watching the game clarity on what happens. Well, yes, there's going to be the odd person that will object to it, and there will be a, lot, a bit of criticism. But that's better than everyone else sort of putting their two cents worth in now about wondering what the heck's going on. The thing about referees is there's not one of them out there who thinks they're right all the time. No. I mean, the, these people get to the top of refereeing uh, plausibly and, and quite fittingly because they have emotional intelligence. They understand that they're human 
in a very dynamic human sport that they're not going to get every decision right. No. Every player knows that. Yeah, yeah. Every coach knows that. And everyone who is reasonably minded accepts that mistakes are going to be made, that infringements are going to be missed. And on that note, if you wanted to blow up every infringement in a game of rugby, no, the no, game no. would just be whistle. Yeah. So these guys are coached and trained and developed to be able to spot the things that matter. Well, this matters to me. Mm. That decision and the entire process that followed and what matters most and what hurts most is the silence. Mm. Because uh, is, it, is it the case that, oh, well, everyone's talking about the game and then that's good enough for us? People shouldn't be talking about the game like this. Yeah. That this, is, this is not marketing. This is grist for the mill for the headline writers, but this is not marketing of your sport. Mm. Confusing your fan base is not marketing your sport. And confusing your players is not marketing your sport. And creating a rod for your own officials' backs is not marketing your sport. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, it, and it isn't. And the thing is, I hope, I hope, uh, wow, for the sake of things, another tackle like this doesn't happen again this Saturday because if it's a case of them saying, well, we're going we're gonna to shut up shop and be silent and just hope this game goes smooth and everyone's going to start talking about their game and hopefully this sort of gets swept under the carpet. Well, I... I, well, in some ways, I hope some, it does happen again. So then it's sort of it's it's right out there, but we shouldn't be sitting here trying to get clarity off. The well, okay, what what happens this weekend mm. if in the tenth minute of this match, Liam Squire runs up chasing a kickoff and absolutely melts someone shoulder high, no arms wrapped in the tackle? What happens? You know what's going to happen, mate. What what happens? You tell me. Well, it's going to be reviewed. Yeah. And then you'd probably get a red card. Well, is that the case? But again, that's what I'm saying to you. Is it just a penalty now? We decided that that particular tackle was just a penalty because I have spoken to top-ranking officials, you know, under agreement that we wouldn't release their names because they're not allowed to speak about this. And by and large, most people involved in the World Rugby's refereeing think that it was a penalty kick only, Owen Farrell's tackle. A penalty kick only. And I think that's the salient point here because if that's a penalty offence, then there cannot be a card for that in a test match again. Well, it can't be. We can't be any. Well, we can't be anything. Because that's consistency, right? That's right. So if you're telling me that most people involved in the officiating the game believe that that incident was a penalty kick only, therefore no siding should have been given anyway, mm -hmm. but the penalty should have been given and it wasn't, mm -hmm. all right? So that's the threshold. Yeah. That is a threshold. So, so you can't okay. go back on that now and say, unless you tell the fans right now that that's now a yellow card and we need to be clear well, on that. Let's, let's see. Well, what happens if that player that um, you use your example, that Leon Squire tackled, doesn't get back up? Does that factor mm. into it then? And the ref says, well, you know, you know this, this, you know. That's what I mean. It needs it needs clarity. I th I I believe they need to review the rule. I think it was a legitimate tackle, but the way they've set this up, it obviously isn't. But they've gone against that, and so it's just yeah. I mean, we're we're going to get nowhere. It's a circular conversation. I know that you're on the short board rugby pass podcast, Scotty Stevenson, Mills, Molina. Frustrated today. I, I'm just frustrated. It's like that. What's, what about that party party Parkinson? Uh... Oh, the hip throw, the body slam. <laughs> On Sean Davies, how about that? But someone's allowed to actually pick someone up and actually slam them to the ground well, on their back, right? Well, he got as yellow carded. Well. He got yellow he carded. Got yellow carded. And he, he basically <laughs> just did a, like a not a choke slam, but yeah, I mean, you go into the clauses around that, and you, if you lift a player up and he lands on those upper back, then it's a card. But uh, you know, ultimately, 
<laughs> what's considered was it was it on his upper back? It was flat on his back. Yeah, and slow motion, you can see his legs go over the horizontal. But that's that's another point. I I was commentating the game. I said, play on. Um, poor Sean Davies, just don't run into a two meter oh four lock again. How strong is that kid, by the way? Can we talk? Can we talk about Buddy Buddy Parkinson? Holy shit! And he's a tall, he is a tall bastard. You know these two locks who are basically indestructible for the entire game as long as they're on the field. They're all of what twenty each. Him and I say Walker Lear Weddy. Oh, Walker Lear Weddy runs seventy meters. I, I thought he was. A, I thought it was another number on there, like one, one Woo! and four, not just four. Gee. So we've moved on to the uh, Māori All Blacks for USA here, but yeah, we we need to. <laughs> that, that was a hell of a tale. I hope Davies is alive. No one's heard from him since. <laughs> Oh, but you know, are you, do, you, do you think that's a penalty, that oh, tackle? Well, well, that's what I mean. Uh, I mean, there's so much confusion around it. I've seen guys being picked up like that in legitimate tackle, slammed to the ground, the ref says, play on. But what about that tackle? Like, you used to make a tackle, right? A driving tackle where yeah. you pick a player up and you drive into him. Like, yeah. you, you yeah. body slam him, right? Yeah. And, you know, if you're anywhere on a club footy field, it's that's charhoos everywhere, Oh, yeah, right? big time. So, I don't, I mean, I don't know. That was, that was one of my go-tos. Because <laughs> there's never any way in the world that someone's going to come charging at me, and I was just going to do you know, like the big boys do. I was hoping to get right under and at least try and pick them up. Because there's nothing worse, right? When yeah. you're in the air and you're going back, and, and, you're, like, and your legs ah. are going up in the air, you're like, oh, he's got me. And you can be the smallest bugger in the world too. That's always that guy. It's Terrible. like a little halfback move. That. Terrible. Right, let's let's pray for Sean Davies. Um, yeah, putty putty was amazing, and yeah, you know, that was another incident this weekend. But um, we will move off this um, because I. I think all a fan can ask is that someone in a position of authority in the administrative core of the sport just comes out, reads the tea leaves, and says, hey, you know what? This debate is uninformed, and there's a lot of incorrect shit out there, and we can fix that now. Exactly. And you're dead right. Most fans will look at a referee who puts their hand up and says, mea culpa, my fault, my one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Bad. Made a mistake. Nigel Owens has done it. Craig Joubert has done it. Every good referee in the world will put their hand up and say, you know what, in hindsight, I probably got that call wrong. Mm. And then most players and coaches and fans go, fair cop, mate. You yeah. can't get everything right. Exactly. But what doesn't change is that if there's science, and I'm not blaming Angus Gardner, by the way. I think Angus Gardner is a bloody good referee. Yeah, same. And I don't think it should be up to him to have to come out and front the media. I think it should be just, let's be adults. Get together, create a statement. Put you know you put out a press release for anything these days, except the biggest issue of the week. Mm. <laughs> Should I stop now? Let's get on to the game. Let's get on to the yeah. game. Yeah. All right. So 
All Blacks team hasn't been named just yet, nor of the English team, although Eddie Jones has uh, rendered his squad down to 25. But does the All Black team pick itself? And uh, should we go through it? Obviously, they're going to stick with the double playmaker role. So you're talking about McKenzie at fullback, Ben Smith on the wing, Rico Ioane there. Midfield's interesting. Do they stick with Sonny Bill and Ryan Crotty? Do they bring Jack Goodhue back into the mix? That's a big question for me. Bowden Barrett will start at 10. Who starts at 9? That's another big question for me. You've got Reed, you've got Squire, you've got Savia, you've got a fully fit Retallick, I would think, and Whitelock, that combination picks itself. You've yep. got Cody Taylor, Joe Moody, Owen Franks. So those are your starting talking points right now. Who plays at centre and who plays at halfback starting? Hmm. <clears throat> well, I think I think centres, is, is, you'd have to go to the uh, your Sonny Bill and obviously Crotty. Mm-hmm. That would be my, my pick. Sonny Bill in, um, against the Australians was was fantastic, and uh, I just think he's, you know, he's had a bit of time off this year, um, and now he's just starting to get into the swing of things. Crotty will will steer the ship, and they can always bring on Anton uh, later on um, off the bench. He's, he's played that role very well. Yeah, well, that, and that's complicated for me because do they go Anton, who's shown himself to be a tried and tested yeah. bench? Finisher now, yep. or do they put Goodhue back in the mix off the bench? Well, I, th- I think because um, remember, th- Goodhue can cover both. That's right. It'd be interesting to see how Goodhue has recovered from uh, glandular fever, mm-hmm. um, and whether they just give him another week or so, and just or have sort of got other plans for him, and just to just to get him back into the you know obviously next week the Irish game and possibly Italy. So I think you know f- uh, from where things sit, perhaps you know Anton coming off the bench. Um, halfback. Wow, I mean, yeah, massive, it's a massive goal. I mean, look, I would think that Aaron Smith gets the start, mm, mm. if for no other reason than just to let him know that he's still the dude. Yeah, and I know that seems unfair on TJ, who's mate, he's had his best season in All Black oh, Jesus by some distance. But uh, is this the kind of game that would suit an Aaron Smith? And that's yeah. I, I think that this is possibly why I think his passing ability and that extra point, whatever second he gives Bowden Barrett, particularly when you got bigger boys, you know the English, uh, and how they come up defensively. I, I think he'll just give that extra bit of time to get the um, uh, get the ball out to the backs, where I think mm-hmm. they'll they'll perhaps um, feel that they need to move uh, this uh, this English side around. Um, they were very good at the fringe, that, that yeah. England pack. Man, they came around quickly on defence. Yeah, that 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 blew me away. Just how hard they were willing to work around the corners. Yeah, and that's the area I think their heart is is pretty solid around there. And so that extra bit of time that uh, the guy's going to get out, and hopefully you get your, your your forward pack just outside ten and around Sunny Bill as well to manipulating that out. So I think. The All Blacks will feel there's massive inroads um, in the middle of the park and particularly out wide. So perhaps the only bit I'd say would be that that, that gets uh, Aaron Smith as as his passing ability, and that's where it becomes hard because TJ's been exceptional. You know, any mm. other team, an easy starter, but um, I, I feel for this game, um, it, it'll be Aaron Smith's pass that gets him out there. Do you did you notice something about that England defensive setup in terms of where their wingers were? and whether the All Blacks will look to plunder that because their wings seem to be playing really high in that line. Um, and, and, and then there's a lot of space behind that that I, I couldn't believe South Africa didn't exploit. And I think I think they're prepared to take the risk with that because they probably feel that the All Blacks' tactical kicking game 
might not be good enough. And I think that would be foolhardy if they were to play that high again against the All Blacks. Yeah, I think yeah, I think that they would be. The thing is, it's interesting to see what's coming out of the All Black camp, how good the kicking is from the English and what they do on the attack. And they mm. have to sort of diffuse a lot of uh, the English kicking, which is good. Uh, but you're right. The way the English um, open side wingers, and particularly the, or, or both their wingers, uh, def- defending, they're, they're in the line. In the line, coming out making decisions. So that what that does, it sort of it isolates the fullback. And okay, they might they might not get sort of try scoring abilities off it, but the way that Bowden Barrett and that cross kick and things like that's on the button, they'll they'll manipulate whoever's at the back, get into space, and all of a sudden, it's, it's more about momentum than anything else. Get them back there, make the wings think a little bit, and then once they feel that the wingers are hesitant and coming up and dropping back, that's when they'll, they'll start to explore it. So, do, do we see a hint of what they're going to do in that Australian game where they kicked a lot and they kick for depth and they kick for pressure as opposed to legitimately trying to create try-scoring chances, as you mentioned? Oh, I think we saw maybe part of the blueprint in yeah. action there, and it was pretty good. It was pretty effective. Yeah, and it also against the Japanese, right? I, I think, you know, and it worked a lot more. But what you've got to remember too, and I, and I think, you know, Moonga will come off the bench um, the way him and um, and, and Bowden Barrett work, particularly their kicking, because they've got some some they get pretty good length on them. Mm. Um, I think the All Blacks have realised, you know, not to play too much. They they played a lot against the Australians in terms of trying to manipulate them and sort of getting them around the corner. This is a different side. You've got to get them moving, and I, and I think their tactical kicking uh, this weekend is going to be crucial. So, which brings us to the English. Uh, Benny Youngs, I mean, he kicked a lot yeah. against the South Africans, and he, you know, he went the full Connor Murray. Nobody <laughs> go to full Connor Murray. He went the full <laughs> Connor Murray against uh, the Springboks. Uh, high box kicks, jammers, right down in the red zone. Uh, I, they know that that tactic worked against the All Blacks in the Lions series. Mm. Uh, is that Benny Youngs' go-to play? Pop it up, put them under pressure, keep them in the five and uh, make them work their way out of their own red zone. Yeah, he, he needs to. The, the, the thing that's going to be different is he's going to get a bit of heat. You know, the, the, the all-black pack will know, well, well if he's going to kick, we're going to put some uh, heat on his kicking ability where he likes to end up in, in, a, in his space. So they would have analysed how he kicks and what he likes to do. He, he, he needs to keep continuing that, you know, finding space. Those, those massive moments that he wins where it's just a little one over the top where they've just turned it over. Okay, we're not going to play. I'll dink one over and put more pressure on them. That's huge. And if he can do that, um, you know, the English have got a massive chance, but he's got to also, you know, realise that he's going to get some big tall timber after his, you know, charging his, charging his kicks down. Oh, yeah. Brody Retallick's penalty is going to be right all over him. Um, which brings us on the short ball today to the All Blacks line-out. You know, they they forced a 77% win record on the Springboks, line-out-wise, mm-hmm. uh, on Saturday at Twiggers. And the All Black line-out certainly hasn't looked no. to be as functional as it has been over the last couple of seasons. The if you put Courtney Laws, Mara Toje, and others in that England lineup, and they pressure the ball for Whitelock, Reed will be a target. Savia might even be a target. They know they've lost a little bit um, at line-out time. This all-black team—that's to me—is going to be really crucial. And if England know yeah. that touch is their friend in this game, yeah, yeah. that's where they can apply pressure. You've played tests against oh. England where their line-out's been going well, Millsy, yeah. and it's a long day at the office yeah. when they take you to that piece all the time. Oh, and those the two locks, um, Laws even plays six. I mean, um, that there is crucial. Their the height and the ability to get forward. And we've seen, you know, the All Blacks, particularly in Argentina, I think uh, they, they, 
they missed the, the first mm. three or so. Mm. Then they went to the front, uh, the front of the line out, and they still scored out wide. They're not going to be able to do that against this English side because no. you go to the front and you want to go out wide. Their defence is just so good, and yep. their line speed is, is awesome that they won't be able to get out there. So all of a sudden, you're on the back foot, wondering, okay, well, if, mm. here's an opportunity. But let's just say in the in the English. You know, um, half. Here's an opportunity for us to be able to really have a go. We want to get some nice set piece ball, get going forward. Some, you know, the speed of the ruck's going to be crucial. But if you're not getting that set piece, you're almost thinking, well, okay, well, now all of a sudden we're playing off, you know, five second ball off a ruck, and it just makes the day so long. Well, and what and what happens is, I mean, the All Blacks are already showing willingness to take the quick line out inside their own half yeah. anyway. But there's going to be more pressure now for the likes of Ben Smith. Damien McKenzie and Rico Ioane to be organised in that back three because mm-hmm. they won't want to set lineouts in their own half. Nah. And the English will know that, so their kick chase will be better. Yep. And we it could be in a situation where the panic starts to set in because if you go in with a, a predestined plan in your head to say, right, if it goes out in our own... Uh, well, that's the thing. We're, we're going. You're supposed to jump. You know, if you if you're looking for a quick ball, you jump over the hoardings and everything and get it in. <laughs> but they're what, going to kick it into row 10. Exactly. But, and you've got to also remember, it's not just the back three that are working. The the, the, um, the inside backs have got to work their butt off to get back. Now, if yeah, you're being tackled... Ford's these, got to run their blocking lines. Yeah, backs have got to get back. Exactly. Yeah. If, you're running, if you're running these big boys into the, you know, Sonny Bill and Karate in there, and they are just, you know, hammering away at defence, they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna zap a lot of energy out of them to get, get back into those wide channels to be able to be an option and support. Now, and then you make the wrong decision... We know what happened against the Springboks where, where Geordie threw that ball in and all of a sudden it oh. just, those couple of little things like that and all of a sudden, you know, the tails English win it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the tails are up and swing low. Swing low. It's, I love that, eh? You I mean, I mean, as a, as oh, a I wanted to, oh, I wanted to ask you. I wanted to ask you this um, on the short ball today because we could delve into more specifics in this game, but I, I'm really fascinated by the sense of occasion yeah. that this is going oh. to be. Mate, you've, you've run out on that field. You've played the English. And we know there's not a lot of love lost between right. the All Blacks and yeah. England. And, that, and that's great. The rivalry's great. Yeah. I, I really enjoy that um, as a viewer, as, a, as an observer. Sir Edmund Hillary Shield on the... Yeah, oh. the Hillary Shield. The All Blacks won nine of the last ten. I mean, it's not as if they've got a bad record. But what is it about that test and about running out on that field that drives so much passion and emotion and, and strength of feeling? And the All Blacks. Oh, well, I think there's. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of history. The fact that they call themselves the Rugby Union. Uh, um, <laughs> don't like that. Well, no, I don't know anyone else that sort of just names names in the, the the sort of rugby football union, and so that puts a bit of edge in it. But the whole sense of occasion, you, you know, when you're on your way there and people are outside and they're, you know, um, you know, white jerseys and everything else, they're so passionate about it. You walk in. And the, the bus literally stops, you know, about a couple of hundred meters away from actually entering the, the stadium. You come out to these sort of gates that have sort of nice, look, almost look like gold. It's like you're in the old ages. Like far, and people, there's just this line of people on both sides and just a corridor where you just walk down and, and you look up and they're all all above, like on the on the stairs and they're just chanting things down at you and you're thinking far out. I'm, what it's like going to the Coliseum. You're in the mixer. You're in it. You're absolutely in it. And then amongst that, you've got some Kiwi flags as well. Are they saying nice things to you? Um, some of them do. Some of them don't. I have my earf- earphones on. So you should take them off. 
You should have taken There wasn't any music <laughs> playing. I just wanted to hear some Kiwis yell out to me. So I just, but, and then you walk into the, these um, changing rooms with so much history in them. You know, you got the bathtubs at one end and showers at the other. And then it's just, and you, and you walk out and then they're just chanting, you know, you know, swing low, well, sweet cherry. And it's, it's an amazing atmosphere. It's, it's, there's nothing like it. Um, and then you got to wait five or so minutes while you get the um, formalities sorted and everything else like that. But it's just, it's just a, it's from the, from the time you leave the hotel, you go past all the bars at two kilometers per hour and, and people are outside and you're there. You're getting thirsty all the time. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, after. And then, um, it's just huge. It's a huge occasion and it's just, it's, it's massive. And so, um, Oh, it's it's just really hard to explain, but it just it just gives me goosebumps thinking about going through going through old Tukunam and the the home of rugby, as they would say it. Is it? You lost the English. I have lost to them only here in New Zealand. First test. Yeah. Did your first test. My you first did. First test. Yeah. When they were down to thirteen men. Yeah, mate. Yeah, well, that game. Delali, I'm back. I think we're yellow carded. Is that right? Of Wellington, Westpac. Do you want to do you want to talk about this? Well, I was on debut. I was on the sideline. I know you're on the sideline, but it's still you still remember it. Yeah, not really. Yeah, I, you I, do. I like to you remember the, those Twickenham games. You remember it. Oh, of course you do. Gee, I was just I, I was wondering whether I was going to get on the field or not. Right, Joe Rocks was on one end, Caleb Ralph, and Dougie was at the back. I was thought I might get on at fullback, and I was thinking, oh no, Dougie is a good bastard, so he better stay on. <laughs> Jay was out there, and no, he's a good guy too. I was thinking, I was thinking, oh, yep, Caleb Ralph, get off there, boy. <laughs> you were wishing Caleb Ralph broke an ankle so you could get on for your test debut. Um, what, what will it mean this week? What will it mean? What is the what is the meaning of this test? What 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 happens if England win? What what does it mean? Well, I can tell you this: they won't. I think this. I think this All Black team. And this, I know, there's been a lot of bit of criticism about the fact they sent a lot of guys to Japan and mm-hmm. these guys go. But this will be the most prepared All Black team you've ever seen go to the uh, going over to the end of year tour. So, what will it mean? I think this is a good chance now for leading into the Rugby World Cup next year for Hanson and Co to say, well, you know, we win convincingly, which I hope they do, and I think they will. Then it's just sort of. Says to the English that um, you know, yeah, I know you've got a few injuries, but you know, it's a chance to really sow a bit of a lot of doubt in their minds, a lot. And you think the All Blacks will revel in that, not just the players, but the the management, the coaches. They really want to make a statement here. Well, I think it is. Now is the time to make a statement. Yeah. I think it's um, it's especially leading into that Irish game. Everything's set up here because as soon as New Zealand had pulled Australia's pants down again for the third time this mm-hmm. year. Uh, the English rugby writers, God bless them, uh, each and every one of them, already telling the world how far ahead the All Blacks are of everyone. So, well, th- but this is what happens. I mean, this is the standard news cycle. Set the challenge here. So if England yeah. achieve the challenge, it's a monumental occasion. Yeah. You don't say England are close because then you set the expectation of victory here. That's and right. if you pass it, it's not much of a headline. Mm. So everything is built up. The All Blacks are being built up. This happens all the time. We've all seen this cycle of news. Um, and the British are very adept at it because yeah, the history of, of uh, their journalism dictates that this is this is what has to happen. But they've set this All Black side up to say they are miles ahead. Miles ahead. So that being the expectation on the English, if the English manage to get out of this respectively, respectably 
in an unattractable game, then does that go some way to assuage mm-hmm. any pain of defeat to say we're not far away? We're not far away. We've got the this, this, and that. Gee. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. I, I mean, I tend to think that you make 11 line breaks against the Springboks and you can't score a try says a lot about England's attack. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's, it's test match rugby. Sometimes you don't finish. But Australia forces 20 missed tackles on the All Blacks and they don't finish their opportunities <laughs> and they get done by 40 points. <laughs> yeah. And and I know that Australia are in a different world at the moment to England, but if, if you do not take your opportunities against this All Black side, I don't think you beat this particular All Black side in threes. No, I don't you think can't, you do. You can't beat these guys in threes. Yeah, I mean... I'm, I'm, you know, I know I mentioned before about the fact that they possibly will go a little bit wider. I'm looking at the forward of the, the battle up front, man, because mm-hmm. we have, mm-hmm. I mean, both sides and traditionally the English are, are huge on their set piece, huge around, you know, hitting bodies. But we've got some pretty hard hitting boys as well. So I'm looking forward to who dominates, you know, there and who gets beaten up. Oh. We're going to run a book on. Dylan Hartley and whether he has a brain explosion in this test. Well, that's what it could come down to. I mean, it's he's well, he can't he can't afford to because little moments like that will just ruin his side's you know opportunity to be able to stick with the All Blacks. It's exciting. He's, good, he's a good player. Too, he's a good player. I like Dylan player. Hartley. He's combustible. Oh, mate, I think there's a word for it. Combustible. <laughs> Score prediction from you, Mills. You want to make one? You don't have to. Uh, I reckon the All Blacks will win by twenty plus. I know it's a test match, and really, I should be... 20, 20 points. I, I should be really saying, yeah, it's a test match, respect it, but... This is why they think the All Blacks are arrogant. Oh, no, I'm just being honest. As the former players that make them arrogant. Yeah, okay, yeah, well, put it on the former players. Don't put it on the, 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 the current players, because as a former player, I'd rather be sitting here saying, 28 points! Are you excited about Wales-Australia? You wa- don't have to be. Well, the Wales used to tip them over. <laughs> but I'm not. I'm not excited at all, actually. Uh, Wales will win that game. Well, they should do. Oh, they got oh, past the Scots. I still, there's, there's a bit of me that says, come on, Aussie. But they've let me down this year, mate. How much? How, how, how big is that bit of you now? Because you started, like me, I don't you started with a big bit. Mm. We, both, <laughs> we both had a big bit saying, come on, Australia. It's like those, it's like those bounty bars, you know, when you, when you start with that massive bit. And then all of a sudden they get cut into halves and they come in, you know, two halves. Mm-hmm. Well, now one of those halves has been chopped again into half. That's and then quarter. the little wee, that's a quarter. And then that little other part's been chopped into half again. Well, that part there that's hanging off with this little bit of coconut on the end of it. Yeah. It's gone. That's a bit that I'm feeling. <laughs> if that's a Which bit's the little bit of coconut? Well, obviously. Hanging the- on the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> that's a legit. Uh, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa. Hey, whoa, hey, whoa. hey, hey, hey. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, that's a That's a legitimate question. That, that bit of so what are we down to? A sixteenth of a bit? <laughs> Let's move on from that. That, that was that was a malaprop on my part. Uh, is it one sixteenth of a bounty bar? Is that how much? I was gonna describe it as that you know, that's hanging on to that brown bit, but hey, you might <laughs> you'll find some other way to make it sound differently. I, I didn't say I'm not, don't bring race into this. It's been a short ball for another week. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy the test match. All Blacks England always want to savour, and uh, let's hope, beyond hope, Milsey, that we don't have to deal with another 
refereeing controversy oh. or controversy, mm. depending on senior thoughts. Is it controversy or controversy? Senior thoughts into 0900 uh, short ball. And it will be unattractable if it does happen. It is unattra- it's an unattractable. You're not an unattractable man. You're very attractable. <laughs> Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.